Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk about purpose with inspiring people making a positive impact with their lives. We are particularly interested in social enterprises and entrepreneurs. We will listen to them reflect on their journeys and take time to dig deeper in order to better understand what really motivates their choices. Well, kia ora everyone and welcome along to a bonus episode. At the time of recording this on Saturday the 14th of March, there's been lots of headlines about coronavirus and COVID-19. And I saw that BOMA are holding an event starting next Monday about this, and one of their main speakers is Professor David Murdoch. And then I woke up this morning thinking, I interviewed Professor David Murdoch, and in fact, we talked about viruses and infectious diseases and all types of different things. So this episode is pulling out some extracts from that conversation. Obviously, this was recorded before coronavirus became a thing, but we do talk in detail about associated topics. So I thought it might be helpful as we try to combat fear with facts. Here are a few snippets from the conversation. It's a fascinating area, just coming back to the infectious diseases for a minute, because it's something that we fundamentally fear, isn't it? Because mm. you can't see it. And so you can't, you know, like if there's a bus coming down the road, you're not going to step in front of it. But you can't see what is causing these things mm. sometimes. And, you know, you look back in history and the like the Black Death or the plague and you know, like had such a huge impact. I think it is underlying in our psyche, maybe, you know, and even, you know, it's now 20 years, but it felt like there was a bunch of movies that came out all about, oh, yes. you know, outbreak and Contagion, like yes. contagious diseases. And, yeah. and then, um, you know, swine flu or chicken, mm. what was the chicken one? <laughs> well, <laughs> the, yeah, that's the, right. I mean, the influences we probably yeah. thinking about linked to the yeah. poultry. Yeah. And we probably need other preventive measures that we probably not, really fully understanding but mm. uh and and treatment measures and particularly for some of the viruses which traditionally we haven't we've had good vaccines for a lot of the viruses but often mm. the treatments have been quite limited but we still see you know we we now see treatments for you know hiv infection i mean that's so different from when i was training you know seeing people mm. with aids in the wards i mean you just don't see that nowadays mm. iceland's now trying to be the first country to eradicate itself from hepatitis c which was an infection that we mm. And so, you know, there are these sort of advances we need, but, um, you know, there is a underline at all. There are so many infectious diseases. There are mm-hmm. major societal ones. But in terms of prevention, you know, vaccines really, really key. Yeah, so developing better new yeah, ones that, right. that can actually have a big impact. If you enjoyed this episode, then you might want to check out some of the 167 in the back catalogue. And in particular, I'll put a link to David's full interview because we talk all about his life and what led him to become a specialist in infectious diseases. Now let's get into this conversation with David. So it's a pleasure to welcome Professor David Murdoch, who's the Dean and Head of Campus of the University of Otago Christchurch. Thanks for joining me. Mm, Thank you. So was that um, learning more about infectious diseases well, and totally clinical microbiology? It was, was both. I had yeah. a year of a year okay. of each and, a, and a, uh, absolutely focused on infectious diseases and clinical microbiology. Yeah. So I'd love to understand more about those topics. Mm. Um, how do I ask the right question here? Right. <laughs> Just because like, when you think about infectious diseases, in my mm. mind, it's absolutely fascinating to me, the history. When you go back mm. 100 years ago or 200 years ago, these were just completely not known what was causing yeah. this, you know? And and you think about how much we've advanced, you know, when you look at infectious diseases and then hundreds of years ago versus today. So what, what area were you... Um, 
were you looking into? Yes, well, the training is very broad, so it's pretty much covering, you know, as a as a practicing clinician in New Zealand, you're, you're expected to have very broad knowledge. So it, it's, mm. and and as a specialty goes, it would have been years ago thought to be those sort of exotic infections, you know, or, or ones that are now seen as exotic, which of course weren't, right. you know. So, you know, tuberculosis, typhoid, uh, malaria, obviously in parts of the tropics. Mm-hmm. But in actual fact, um, you know, a lot of the infectious disease we're dealing with, are, you know, pneumonia, meningitis, mm. uh, abscesses, skin and soft tissue infections, you know, these are the these are the bread and butter respiratory infections, um, gastroenteritis. Mm-hmm. So historically, for a lot of these were covered under other part, other specialties. So in fact, you know, uh, uh, you know, for example, uh, the chest physicians would look after pneumonia, infection of the lungs, and right. gastroenterologists would look after gastroenteritis. And so it emerged as actually it's important as a specialty in itself because there are mm. some peculiarities. And, of course, diseases like HIV mm-hmm. infection mm-hmm. really took the specialty a lot, uh, another step because mm. here was a, really a disease entity that affected not didn't affect a, a particular organ of the body mm. for that specialist to, to sort of to grasp. It was one that was uh, was not organ-specific and, a, and mm. a, you know, it was suddenly a very important disease. So that... And so that advanced the specialty in a lot of the world. I see. Yeah. Um, so rather than focusing on the organ or the part of the body that right. was affected, it was a, a bigger label. It involved multiple organs. Yeah. You know, it wasn't related to one. But then, and so the specialty grew in parts of the US. It was very, very broad. And in fact, in Australasia, we've tended to follow the US model. In the UK, it's been more exotic infections. Now they're catching up with the rest of us in terms of that perspective. Yeah. Um, and of course, with the advent of antibiotics, you know, around mm-hmm. the first world, or the second world war, rather, you know, there was uh, that made such an impact that even in the 1960s, there was expectations that in fact we're going to get rid of, especially mm-hmm. with vaccines and antibiotics, we were going to get rid of infectious diseases. And there's a famous statement from the Surgeon General of the U.S. in the 1960s saying, you know, the era of infectious diseases is nearly over. I mean, famous. <laughs> Statement, words, right? That's right. <laughs> and he's certainly been proved wrong because, of course, uh, we haven't antibiotic resistance. Is we can't. We're struggling to catch up with that. Yeah. New new diseases, infections will emerge, or they change. Yeah. So we don't think we're going to be without a job. Right. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> um, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. and in fact, you asked about the particular area. Well, certainly in practice, we're kind of meant to be broad. But in terms of academically, the interests mm. I've had are particularly related to uh, respiratory infections, pneumonia. Okay. A lot of infe- uh, vaccine-preventable infections. And, uh, and often a lot of that work has been um, in developing countries. Mm. Uh, including Nepal. So, in fact, I, I continue to have collaborations and, and work there. Mm. Yeah, that's good. So you mentioned antibiotics and mm. things. I, I'd just love to understand that a little bit from your perspective. Um, you know, I guess what's going on when people are having antibiotics and and the impact that has on the body um, as opposed to not having antibiotics, mm. like, it, 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 is it a good thing to use them or only in the last resort? That's my question. <laughs> no, I mean, well, there's, as you can imagine, there are multiple answers, but but it's um, they're definitely a good thing. Um, yeah. There are some 
diseases, I mean, the, basically what they do, I mean, you, your body will respond to infections mm. and um, what antibiotics do is just help your own immune system fight an infection. Mm. It's, it's helped them along the way. They're only useful for, we don't have antibiotics for every single infection, so particularly a lot of the viruses, we do not have right. sort of antibiotics, but it's mainly we're referring to the bacterial infections. Mm. And um, so... We, they're certainly useful. They certainly are life-saving. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're certainly very important. But what the, the issue is of the development of resistance, and so actually they can be their own worst enemy if they are used injudiciously. So, I see. Um, and so the, unpack that for me. What do you mean? <clears throat> How does that work? Because uh, it basically antibiotic resistance occurs when organisms, bacteria, mm-hmm. So they are exposed to antibiotics. There will be some because they multiply very quickly. Yes. They can develop mutations. They can adjust. And so if they're exposed to these antibiotics, they can um, develop the resistance. So the more they're exposed, what you want to do is, is kill them. Basically, right, you treat and kill them. So the ones that are, you don't want any left that might have developed some resistance who, who might then go on and transmit to other people or cause other infections right so that's it very crudely also some um uh and we know that we have different types of antibiotics some are i guess you could say very targeted to certain say mm-hmm. organisms mm-hmm. there are some that we call broad spectrum where they will treat a wide variety so the broad spectrum ones um they have their role but also potentially they're going to there's going to be collateral damage where they will kill some maybe some they will target some be active against some of the more right health uh, more the positive things. positive ones yeah. yes they're also the ones that are more likely to the use of more broad spectrum antibiotics is more likely to promote resistance as well i see so the the general principles are yes not necessarily last resort to use antibiotics but we want to know we're using them for good reason yeah uh, and where possible, as targeted, as narrow a spectrum of antibiotic um, as we can. Mm. Often we're not in that situation of knowing exactly which um, organism we're treating. So for pneumonia, for example, mm. there's a whole variety of bacteria that can cause pneumonia. The most common one, if we know it's that type, we can have a very specific, very targeted antibiotic treatment. Mm. But we don't often know that when somebody comes in the door very sick with pneumonia, so we'll often treat them quite broadly for a start yeah and then i guess the the opposite of antibiotics is probiotics mm. right so mm. i guess because that's the danger of antibiotics is that you're killing off certain that's right. positive things so that's right having the the uh, this is all the um this is the talk that non-doctors talk you see because <laughs> i've got young kids <laughs> yes so yes. when sometimes we do have to go on to antibiotics and then we try to get some sort of a probiotic Mm. yogurt or something to hopefully get some good stuff that's back. right am i going down the wrong path though? no you're, you're not and it's a really interesting area uh, and it's fair to say that there's still a lot we don't know right still and there's also a lot that has been um that is not evidence-based so it's actually getting that that uh, the middle road the balance yeah good, <laughs> good buddhist middle road you know which is actually what is what is the evidence? And certainly, there's mm. a lot of money being made out of probiotics, right? Uh, for reasons that probably don't have uh, a very strong evidence base behind it. But having said that, there you know there is a lot about we, we are learning about what we now call the kind of microbiome. This is your 
your normal healthy yeah uh, micro you know bacteria um, that are in your body that are part of you that are part of your you healthy you keep you healthy yeah. and, and yeah. when that's disturbed we're finding more and more that there are um, there are consequences there are consequences so what's my healthy assuming i've got a healthy microbiome mm. <laughs> what does that look like you know in, in how yeah i won't be able to ask this question right but what are we talking about like when we're talking about yeah microbiomes? we're talking about a, a whole variety and it's a vast variety of particularly bacteria right and they just happily live with you mm. kind of like yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because mm. bacteria in all of our minds, the moment you say the word bacteria, you think negative. You think, mm. quick, mm. get the get the towel and we'll wipe away right. the, the dirty bacteria. But what you're actually saying is that there's the, you know, the flip side is that there's but, the That's right. And bacteria. it's typically in your gut. I yeah. mean, that's where a lot of it is. It's also in your upper airways, in your nose, in your mouth. Mm. I mean, this is it's healthy. Mm. Um, and, uh, but, and, and, Typically, the infections come, the ones that we're worried about, mm-hmm. that we, we need to treat, are when either one of those, the healthy part of your normal microbiome gets in the wrong place, right? or there's a strain of it that is more likely to cause disease rather than just happily sit and be an innocent bystander. Right, I see. Or the other infections are ones which are not part of your normal microbiome, something completely new that shouldn't be there. I see. You know, yeah. so... You know, in your mo- case in pneumonia would be Legionnaire's disease, which is due to a, a particular bacteria that is in water and in soil, and and if it gets in the wrong place in the human body, it can cause pneumonia. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, it's such a fascinating area mm. to specialize in. My own personal connection with it is that my great great grandfather was involved in the Panama Canal. Oh, so, right. Um, you know, but he was involved in the French endeavors to build the Panama Canal. So this is. 1890 something you know Mm. and of course they were not successful and part of the reason uh, there were probably many reasons but part of the reason is that people kept dying and they were getting these diseases and um and then you know at the turn of the century they the basically the americans came in and started building and um getting rid of the pools of water where the mosquitoes were absolutely you know um so it was a yeah, quite fascinating. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And malaria and yellow fever, and I mean yeah. these were, and and you know there are many examples of where history has been altered by the you know being you know being governed. Yeah, well, see that's that's the fascinating thing, isn't it? Because when I look at, or, or you know look back at history and how it panned out, and think about South America, the populations that were there, you know the Mayans, for example, mm. that they were so devastated by these diseases that were brought in from from the old world to the new world, you know, if what if they had had immunity or if they hadn't been as affected, we'd probably live in quite a different world today, wouldn't we, if if so many vast millions of people hadn't died, if it had gone the other way, for example. That's right. Yeah. And, and you know, South America is a really good example. I mean, mm-hmm. there's disease like yellow fever and malaria probably brought across with the slave trade from right. Africa. You know, so the, the, you can just the, the changes um, that have been made because of those diseases in those communities yeah. um, are huge. Yeah, that's great. This is what we should be doing anyway, but often, and particularly as academics or, or researchers, we, we, we can sometimes get a bit siloed. Sure. So yeah. part of that idea is actually just get, enabling people to 
be exposed to other perspectives. And another example would be in the the Ebola outbreak in West Africa, where uh, you know a, a crucial step was the involvement of anthropologists mm. helping with appropriate ways to dispose of dead bodies. Mm. So here was you know, an outbreak, a massive outbreak of a, a really serious infection. Mm. And it was actually some social scientists that, I mean, it was obviously everyone working together, but it was actually getting this, what you might call an, a, an unusual partner in that response, mm. some social scientists. Not unusual to social scientists. I thought it was very obvious why mm. they should be involved, but actually it's... It's making that, those sort of connections a lot easier. So mm. we're and, and New Zealand is a great place to do it. I mean, we're so dependent on you know, primary industry, and uh, mm. and we have a lot of what we call zoonotic infections, infections that arise in humans rising from animals, and uh, right. you know, so it, it makes total sense. Yeah, it's a fascinating area. Just coming back to the infectious diseases for a minute, because. It's something that we fundamentally fear, isn't it? Because mm. you can't see it. And so you can't, you know, like if there's a bus coming down the road, you're not going to step in front of it. But you can't see what is causing these things mm. sometimes. And, you know, you look back in history and the like the Black Death or the plague and, you know, like had such a huge impact. I think it is underlying in our psyche maybe, you know, and even, you know, it's now... 20 years but it felt like there was a bunch of movies that came out all about oh yes you know outbreak and contagion, like yes. contagious diseases and yeah. and then um you know swine flu or chicken mm. what was the chicken one <laughs> well <laughs> the, yeah that's the, right i mean the influences we're probably yeah. thinking about linked to, to yeah. poultry uh, yes and um no no absolutely and and of course that's you know sadly been exploited with fears of bioterrorism where the, mm. often the actual damage caused can be quite localized but their profound effect on society because of the fear of the infection is is yeah. profound and you know there was a 1994 or the mid 90s anyway a, an outbreak of the plague and which still happens by the way but mm. in in india that was very localized but yet you know sparked major concerns absolutely right? you know yeah. airlines stopped flights to india and you know it, it caused big concern yeah so in your work, um, what's the breakthrough that you would love to see <laughs> in terms of infectious diseases? And particularly, yeah. I'm thinking about, you know, vulnerable young people mm. or people in countries that don't have the same healthcare system. Like, what is it that you're working towards that this is what we'd love to have happen? Yes, well, well we know that improving, you know, uh, living conditions in itself has a huge impact on right. you know in terms of sanitation and on a lot of not all a lot of infectious diseases mm. so there there is an, a, one part of that answer is is a big big one of a societal one yeah. and that's related to poverty and all the well, you know that that's that's very complex but until you know the more you know we need we need we do need more antibiotics we need you know that that's an issue that's not going to go away mm. and that's one where we're really struggling we do need better vaccines and vaccine technology is is really coming into its own and and mm. so there's a, an area that where there is more opportunity um mm. and, and in terms of preventing these infections and we do understand it a, a lot better and it's not every infectious disease that we're able to get vaccines for but mm -hmm. they have they are have proven to be very cost effective and very effective so um 
And we probably need other preventive measures that we're probably not really fully understanding, but mm. uh, and and treatment measures, and particularly for some of the viruses, which traditionally we haven't. We've had good vaccines for a lot of the viruses, but often mm. the treatments have been quite limited. But we still see, you know, we we now see treatments for you know HIV infection. I mean, that's so different from when I was training. You know, seeing people mm. with AIDS in the wards. I mean, you just don't see that nowadays. Mm. Iceland's now trying to be the first country to eradicate itself from hepatitis C, which was an infection that we... Mm. So, you know, there are these sort of advances we need, but, um, you know, there is a underline at all. There are so many infectious diseases. There are mm. major societal ones. But in terms of prevention, you know, vaccines really, really key. Yeah, so developing better new yeah, ones that, right. that can actually have a big impact. And in, in your world of that infectious diseases, is there someone who really stands out as having made breakthroughs <clears> that, <throat> that others of us wouldn't have heard about? <laughs> well, you know, it's full of all of the old, you know, the old guys like Pasteur, you know, these right. are actually that's, you know, I think if people think about them, I mean, they're, they're really thinking about those people who made those really fundamental discoveries. Mm -hmm. They saw something under a microscope and said, well, what's this? Or, you know, they managed to grow something on an egg yeah. plate. And, you know, they're the other So they're probably... Um, so that's like the penicillin sort of... Exactly. What is you know, this stuff growing Fleming here? and penicillin. And just those chance observations. often came through chance observations that yeah. other people would have not even noticed. And they yeah. said, well, actually, it's going on here. There's something unusual. Yeah. It's come from a mold. So a lot yeah. of our... A lot of our antibiotics or yeah. at least the original types that we had actually were produced by other microorganisms i, I mean see. these are produced for their own defense and mm -hmm. so actually fungi which are a type of microorganism so fungus so this was a like fungus and molds mm -hmm. um and it was an observation on a on a on agar plates which are growing looking for bacteria where uh, there was a mold contamination and noticing that the bacteria didn't grow around the mold Hmm. So it's producing something. So it's those sorts of observations, and and often these are plates that may have been thrown out, <laughs> been around for a bit, a bit of, probably longer than a they bit should have been. Too long, right? <laughs> but um, yes, and that that's isn't that fascinating though that mm. that the the source of the cure <laughs> is right there in front of you, but you're so focused on you know what you think is the is the solution mm. that you miss it. I think there's a lot of ap application in many parts of life there. No, totally, <laughs> totally agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, David, if people are interested in finding out more about what you're involved in and also just about the Otago Medical School and things, where can they go to find out more? Like, is there a website or... Certainly, yes, yes. Yeah. We're, we're pretty easy to find yeah. on, on, um, on, on the web. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Um, well, what we'll do is in the show notes, we can put links to things. So right. if there's anything that we've talked about that we could put even back to Nepal, you know, and sure. some of the work that's going on there. Um, so if people are listening, they can just scroll down and click and then get to find out more. Um, yeah. But I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been great oh, to have you. I've really enjoyed hearing about, you know, this is why I love this show, because I can hear about the person's childhood and, you know, learning about your parents and the impact they had and, and sort of what's shaped you through your through your career, and you know the importance that mm. Nepal had to play, and then what that's led into, and what you're doing today. So, um, yeah, I just want to say thanks so much for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Welcome. 
Well, I do hope you enjoyed that little episode. As I said at the start, this was just excerpts from a much deeper and richer conversation that I had with him on the topic of viruses and infectious diseases, but I also talked about his life and what led him to specialize in that area. If you enjoyed this, why not check out some of the other content at theseeds.nz, and there's lots of interviews in the back catalog. In fact, there's 167 of them. Until next time. (music) 